Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we spend another day together thriving. We learn and and do and insert into our lives all the things that it takes to maximize while it's called today. There's so much in the world. There's the things that were, the things that we can't control because they're past. We can forgive ourselves and others and, and ask for forgiveness for the things we've done. But we can't change the past. It's now in the books. It's what it was. Uh, additionally to that, the future, as my friend Ernie Villanueva used to always say, is a promissory note. It's a promise of a future that may come. And the decisions that we make today will have an impact on it. But we can't control the future, not completely, because other people's actions and responses will also have an impact on the future. But what we do have total control over is ourselves today. Now, keep in mind that I said ourselves today. So in other words, somebody shows up in your world and they're grumpy. Oh, I know that never happens to anybody but me. But let's just say you've had it happen to you before. Now... The thing you have to control in that situation is how you respond to that person. Maybe it's something as simple as a cashier and uh, they are not polite. They're not good customer service. And it's really easy to reflect back at them the same grumpiness that they're putting out into the world. Or you could simply put a bright smile on your face and you can thank them for what they're doing. I, I encourage you, if you've never done it before, tip somebody who never gets tipped. I was at a Walgreens. This was, oh gosh, it was probably a year and a half ago. It was kind of during the height of the pandemic when you know you only went out when you had to go out. And of course, obviously, you were in masks. And um, I just felt led. And so I did it one day. I was just like, um, I said to the cashier, I said, here's $20 lunch for you know yourself and the people here are uh, is on me. Um, and she didn't really know what to do with it. And she's like, well, I can't really do it. I'm like, yeah, just take it. You know, just buy a pizza or a couple of them, you know, for yourself and the crew and do that. You see, it's when we begin to discover ourselves, when we begin to really learn, understand, and live in that maximized place of the best us that we can be today. You know, so first you got to know who you are. You need to understand and know your voice then you need to share it first with yourself. Then with the people that you work with, you know, the employees, the uh, partners, the affiliates in your company. And then lastly, you share that with the world. And whether that be a podcast or Facebook Lives or, uh, you know, maybe you even have a full-blown television show that you are impacting the world. That all starts from really knowing who you are first and then taking that and really expressing that heart, soul, and core of who you are in everything you do. Now, we're going to all blow it. We're going to have our bad days too, and that's okay. Forgive and release yourself and move forward into the powerful, into the amazing now that is now to make the difference right now that only you can make to be, live, and thrive in all that you do. Because ultimately, what we want to do is be a thriving entrepreneur. And knowing our voice, sharing that inside of our company, whether the company is just you or there's thousands of employees, and then from there, sharing that voice of who you are and what your company does with the world. What an amazing way that is to live as a thriving 
entrepreneur. I hope you'll take that to heart, and as you listen to our guests today, you'll be looking for the ways that you can find your voice, share it with your company, and then share it with the world, and live right now today as a thriving entrepreneur. With that said, let's jump right into our very first guest. Join me in welcoming Alejandra Slatopolsky. I'm sure I didn't say that right, but thanks for joining me. No, you were close, you were close. (laughs) How do you say your name, Ella? Slatopolsky. Okay, I wasn't too far off. Tell Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. So I I was born and raised until my 20s in Argentina. And then I made my way to the US where I started off as a journalist and then uh, made my way up all the way to director of communications and marketing for an investment bank. And after that, I actually left uh, to join a small agency um, that it was specialized also in financial services. And um, after a few years, I decided to start my own business. So I have had my own business for 80 years now, and it has been quite rewarding, to be honest, Um, exhausting and rewarding at the same time. (laughs) So tell us specifically, what does your business do and how does it help people? So we, um, I just actually merged with another agency and Scalto is a consulting um, creative agency that focuses on helping organizations scale from um, communications and brand perspective. What does that mean? It means we help mid-sized, small and mid-sized companies um, in the, that are service-based and that have mostly a B2B model. Um, we help them with their business model, the business strategy, their marketing communications, and mostly also the client journeys. Um, we have a set consulting process. We have a set process that takes you through um, all the exercises and the, the, the determinations you need to make in order to convert your company into a scalable model, basically. What does it take to convert your company to being truly scalable? Maybe even start off with just telling us what does that even look like? So, For me, um, first of all, a scalable model is one that allows you to grow beyond your investment in the company, right? So your rate of growth um, can be faster than your rate of investment and mostly your rate of hiring, right? At this day and age, that's what happens with Um, It still happens with uh, service-based companies. So you're going to grow as much as you hire and as much as you you are able to train people, right? So what we look at is, first of all, do you have space to grow? Is your value proposition in the market, does it have enough space to grow? After that, we say, okay, what is it that the market that you are defining needs to hear? How are you going to reach them? But also, and this is not in order, so it really depends on where your organization stands. The main level, level for your scalability is going to be whether you're able to automize, that actually productize your offering because that's one of the main problems that service-based companies have at first, you know, productizing your offering and then making it um, standard and being able to use technology to execute it as much as possible. So to, to make it scalable, 
you need that component. But a lot of organizations confuse technology with scalability. And you cannot go to a system, you cannot use technology without first being clear on what your offering is, what your process is, and how you standardize that process so that a ton of clients can receive the same quality. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes absolute sense. Um, and a lot of people do it the other way around. They just see a really great piece of software or whatever, and they try to adapt something without really understanding how their processes work at all. Right, I got to this by trial and error, honestly, with a lot of organizations that I've worked for that um, just see the latest shiny software and say, you know what, let me implement this in my organization without taking a look at really what your business model is and what that software is gonna do for you. Um, this happened, for example, I remember in the early days of Salesforce, um, my organization wanted to implement Salesforce. And I was like, are you sure you're gonna be able to use this? Yes, yes, okay. So we started the whole process with consultants helping us design it and you know, customize it and do everything that you needed to do to deploy the, the CRM. And then it was this, little magic, you know, it was supposed to be amazing to integrate the teams and to make sure that no lead uh, fell through and everything was amazing. But they forgot about the user. They forgot about the culture that they already had within the organization. And the problem was that the producers, the sales team, they were not, they were not willing to use it. The culture was not there. They were not, um, their process was not there. They were not used to using these systems. They were not open to using them and they were not even willing to use it. So it stayed there as a failed project because they did not go to the process, the people and the service and the reason first. That's why I talk about first about defining what your product is, defining what your process is, and then enhancing it, empowering it with technology, not the other way around. I know a lot of companies that I worked with, the other side of that equation was they didn't realize that that meant that they would then be on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And it, it, it's not, yeah. It does not translate into productivity either. So we put together a system and then we find a technology that can help us grow that system. Um, and then how do we determine whether the technology we selected is really doing it the way that we want it to be done? Well, when you have your system and you have done it first, you'll know what steps can be improved by technology. For example, we have in our organization, we use always, which is a very nice trick, a three by three matrix to standardize a process, right? So we say, okay, this is, you know, the three main levels for scalability are business strategy, marketing communications, and customer journey. And then within those three, we have three main steps or three main modules that we call to empower that result, right? Each of them is clear what the deliverable is. For example, in my, in my process of marketing engine, I do the same and I know that for marketing, I need I don't know, logo creation, I need advertising, I need website creation, right? So you go out in the market and say, okay, who's the best, which is the best platform for website creation? So that way you're, you're gonna be combining different tools, especially if you're a small organization, the, you're gonna end up combining different tools that are specific for the job. 
my experience has been that trying to find a jack of all trades in software has never been useful because it never works. Honestly, there's always something that uh, doesn't work. And the, actually the industry has gone that way too. They have specialized, which is very smart as a business too. If you are a software, you want to specialize in what you do well, right? So if you segment each, each of your processes, you segment each of your flows, then it's going to be very easy to say, okay, for this part, I know I can, I can you know, power it through this software. And this other part, I may do it with another one or with a continuation of the same one. But segmenting what you need from each of one is what's going to help you define it. And then trial and error, honestly, too. You have to try it. For, there's a reason why they have the trial and make sure you, you test it out and see if you're comfortable with it. So we get our systems in place. We find our technology, um, sometimes trial and error before we get the right one. Um, what is the biggest mistake you see people make after they've got the technology in place? Um, it's like a bet. You have to feed it. Whatever you put in is going to come out. You know how they say garbage in, garbage out. So the biggest mistake I see is expecting the, the, the software to work by itself without making sure that it's getting the right information um, that you need to work. So that's one thing, you know, you, you get the software and it's just, you know, the latest shiny you know, little trophy in your desk and then you forget about it. That's one thing. And working on it and including into your everyday flow is key. That's one conversation that I always have with my clients. It's like, okay, let's find a CRM for you, great. What systems do you currently use? Where do you spend your days? When I mean where is in your computer, what's open all the time? Are you on Gmail? Are you on Outlook? Are you on Chrome? Where are you? Where are you spending the time? And I'm gonna try to do something. I'm gonna try to find a solution that doesn't take you that far away from it. Because then if I have to take you away from where you already are, just like making you visit somewhere, it's going to be harder. So I think that that's, that's the way to also decide what kind of tools, going back to the previous question, what kind of tools to use. Mm, that sounds good. So for the person who put the cart before the horse, you know, they went out and they grabbed this really cool piece of technology because, you know, they were at a conference and they saw it and they just fell in love with it. Um, how do we um, put a pause on that and, you know, get things in the right order and get things rolling the way it should be? Well, if you are, you know, if you're a small team, just, you know, sit down and, do a very simple to-do style list of what happens in your business right now and see what the process is right now. Not what it should, it should, it should be, not what it, will, it used to be, uh, not what you aspire to be. First, see exactly what it is right now. So right now, um, a client is sending you emails and you're just forwarding it to your team. And then your team sometimes gets to it, sometimes doesn't you know exactly what is it that's going on. Be very, very sincere and open about that and very transparent. Once you have that, you have a clearer picture. Okay, what do you want to happen? So in terms of let's use uh, project management. You want everybody to know where they're supposed to be working on, what they're supposed to be working on, what the deadline is, and you want to be able to overview it, right? You, you want to be able to have a dashboard. You want to be able to have a, a, an eagle's eye on your business too. So you go back to your system and say, okay, 
what is it that is working right now and what is it that is not working. If you chose the system, most likely than not, what ha has happened is that your team is not using it. So if they're not using it, ask them why and try to get you know sincere responses, right? I just don't find the time. I, I get that all the time. No, I don't find the time to go in and put the hours that I did, or I don't have the time to put the tasks that I have to do on the CRM. Uh, so I try to first guide them and show them why the system works, how I use it, and show them how my day flows. I remember having this conversation with an executive. She's like, I don't have time to use the system. I'm answering emails all day. I'm like, that's not the best use of your time. You have to understand that, right? When you're answering emails all day, you're basically working on others' priorities, not yours, right? Whatever is urgent for them becomes urgent for you. So I want you to take control of your day back to you. How do you do that? Okay, the system allows you to do A, B, and C, and I show them that. So I think that no matter what system you got, most systems, you know, it has to be really bad, be crashing all the time for you to say, hey, this doesn't work. Most of them do have good, yeah, good bones. So you should be able to use them. You just have to go back and see why you got them in the first place and why people are not using it and get to that. So how can a person work with you? If they need your help with this kind of stuff, how could they uh, work with you to help them get this straight? So we actually do this. We have a conversation first with our clients. We have a very close relationship and we talk about how it is that we can activate different parts of what we call our Exalto program, which is our scalability program to help them enhance and grow and enhance their systems in general. So we, um, we schedule a, a, an initial call in which we assess where they stand right now and then decide what, what's best for them. Uh, and from there, we take it you know day to day, we implement the program and then we execute what we call um, a marketing engine which helps them gain more visibility in the market. Perfect, and do you have a, uh, a website or something that they can go to to book with you? Yes, scalto.com, S-C-A-L-T-O.com. That's our website. And you can find me. I'm the only Alejandra Slatapolsky in the world for now. So you just Google me and you'll get my LinkedIn, my Twitter, any, any of those channels work. Well, Alejandra, I really appreciate you spending some time with us here on the show today. No, I appreciate you having me, Steve. Thank you so much. Do you know your voice? Do you know that message that is you? Do you know the heart and soul and core of who you are? First, you need to shape that message so that you can then really scale that message inside your company as well as out into the world. And that then becomes effectively your brand out into the world. So my question again for you is, do you know your voice? Do you know who you are? And are you then shaping that? Think about that during our first commercial break and think about how you can make use of that to make you a thriving entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with 
Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about knowing your voice, sharing it with yourself first, then inside of your company, and then with the world. We've got another great guest that's going to help us begin to mold ourselves more and really learn and learn how to share our voice with the world. Let's jump right into it. Join me in welcoming Kenneth Lord. Hey, Kenneth, how are you doing today? Remarkable. How are you, Steve? I'm good, thank you. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, what a great question that is. I was, um, I think that oftentimes as we, as we evolve and we go through different experiences in our lives, we become more aware, more aware of ourselves, more aware and more conscious of the way that we see things, see the world, see people. And I feel as though not only has our world changed so much, uh, however, but what it actually does is it gives us kind of this insight into ourselves more. And so for the last three decades uh, or more, I've been in that same kind of process, really just going within to identify you know, people, understanding people and helping them to relate to themselves, understand themselves so that they can be the best in their true destiny, their true purpose in life. And so this is how really I show up in the world is really showing people and helping them to realize who they are in the world for the betterment of humanity. A lot of people struggle with the concept of, you know, what's my purpose? Who am I? What should I be doing? Um, how do you even get started on that journey? How, where does a person start? That's, that's such a great question, isn't it? I personally believe that everybody knows their purpose in life. What happens in my view is that we have all these perceptions and things that either we put on ourselves or, or, or other people put on us in terms of ideas, ways, experiences, and so forth. And it takes away from really who we are in the world, that, that essence of, and that nature in which we come from, you know, that authenticity and that genuineness. And I believe that once you just realize that it's, that it's important for you to realize what your true purpose is or what I call your core destiny, that's when you, then that's when you kind of let go and let it unfold inside of you. There's like an inquiry that's inside of us. And when you really determine that that's what is really important to you, it's really about letting go of all of those things, of all the old habits, all the old patterns, all the things that have preventing you from actually seeing it. So it's, it's really already there. It's really just releasing those programs, those patterns, those habits that prevent you from seeing it and realizing it and coming to that point of understanding. A lot of times people, they are focused on either a job or they're focusing on a relationship or something that distracts them or takes them away from that true essence. That's a, you know, interesting point there. And that's about the fact that sometimes, whether it's that we're busy or other things, we're so distracted that we're not even in a space of beginning to look at who am I and what should I do in this world? So how do you even get beyond the step one we just talked about it to be ready for step one? Okay, so so one of the things that we're always kind of talking about is we're talking about being conscious. We're talking about being aware. We're always talking about 
looking at every single moment, every single decision, because every decision sets up our next decision. And that decision that was just set up changes the trajectory of our lives for the rest of our lives. And again, it's really, it, if, you, if you look at any th- context in your life and you say, I want a relationship, and that's really important to you, there's an internal, internal intention that, that draws you towards that and that towards you. But, it, but again, it's based upon the, the intensity of your intention is how that's going to show up in your life. I believe that when you, when you're, when you really, when it's really important to you, for example, a person that I was talking with even today said that they realized at one point, you know, that they, they, um, they work at a company for four years, they're doing really well, but then something happened health-wise for them, so they're out for a few months. They're no longer able to make the bonus that they had been working so hard last year for because they're out right now. And so therefore, they realize that that company isn't as, they don't see him as the value that, that you know, he thought he was. And therefore, because of that, now he's thinking about uh, he's thinking about potentially even leaving or doing something else. And so oftentimes it's those types of situations that open our eyes so that our intentions become more intense. And once they become intense, now all of a sudden we begin to look outside in the world. It could be through a platform. It could be by talking with someone. And just by doing that, those experiences are now being drawn to us so that um, so that those, you know, our next step or our next level is actually coming towards us. And again, it's all based upon the, in, in the intensity of that, right? And so when we're really interested in finding that person or getting that other job or starting a business, for instance, it's one of those things where it's either going to come from within you, this kind of nudge. It could be an experience outside of us. It could be lots of different uh, things that happen to us. And, uh, and so oftentimes it's really just being more aware and conscious because it, it really is designed to be every moment of our lives, every moment and every second of our lives, the more conscious we are, the more intent, um, the, me, the more uh, intentional we are in our lives, the stronger that we're going to be clear, be able to focus on and have the things that we want. And that includes their purpose. That includes whatever physical things that they want or ancillary things that somebody wants. And so I'm speaking generally because I'm wanting to clarify this whole picture. It's not just about a purpose per se, because there are times when we kind of uh, come into that purpose unknowingly, right? We might determine that uh, we might get an insight to go over to uh, a place. It could be Starbucks or someplace. All of a sudden, there's a person or a circumstance or situation that all of a sudden just opened our eyes. And just by being willing or by having that initial intention to move in that direction, it was being brought to us in maybe unconventional ways, right? And so we just stumble upon, you know, different ways. Other times it's more, it's more you realizing what your natural gift is. What are you, what are you good at? What do you, what's a hobby for that you really enjoy? So those types of things. I always say that it begins from the intangible and then it expresses itself externally. So the intangible is an example would be, I'm good at organizing people, situations, and things. So, you know, you can use that in intangible in most any industry, that example. And then from there, you find out what makes your heart sing. How do you want to express that in the world? And that's when you look for the industry that you want to share, uh, be in. So that, in that example, it could be a catering manager, it could be a facilitator of goods or something of that nature. The point is, is, is simply focusing on the internal first and what comes naturally for you internally, 
And then it, that expression of it's going to be defined based upon what you're drawn to, whatever that is externally. Most of the time, people focus on the external, they'll focus on the industry first and, and not, not pay too much attention to the internal. And then later on, they get, they get burnt out because they, they weren't fulfilled in what, what they were doing, even though they might've enjoyed it to some degree, um, because it didn't start with the inner first, um, then, then they got burnt out later on. Does it make any sense? Mm, absolutely, it does. Um, I mean, for the real naysayer, mm -hmm. what would you say to the person who, um, you know, doesn't even really show a willingness to even start on this journey that they should be on? Um, you know, what would you say to them? I would say that everybody has a choice. It's, and if they determine that in this moment that, um, that, that it's not really where their focus is, then that's really not where their focus is. Okay. It's so, because it's not, it's, not, it's not up to me to determine if where somebody should be. It's their choice. They have free will. So let's, um, let's help people out. Let's give them a really good starting point. What is something that somebody listening right now could do right now to begin to further uh, define and live in their purpose? I would say really what I was just uh, mentioning, which is, um, so if I were going to talk with somebody, I'd begin asking them questions such as, so what's your ultimate goal? What's your ultimate goal in life? What's your ultimate purpose? Who are you? What is it that you ultimately want to do? That would be my first question to you. And, and every single time somebody has their, what they're ultimately wanting to do. They, they want to do this. They want to do that. They have this bigger picture. There's this bigger vision that they want to ultimately achieve. Usually that ultimate goal and vision is exactly what they ultimately want to do, are good at. And they've even made plans and strategized things and this is something I've also noticed is that if I were to talk with somebody and we're just starting the conversation, I'm asking that question nine times out of 10, if it's the person's ultimate goal, if it's who they truly are and what their destiny is about and, and what they're naturally good at, they have thought through this. They've made plans on, in, in writing. They've, they, maybe they grew up thinking about it. Maybe they started doing it when they were younger all these kinds of things of, of kind of mapping it out are, are oftentimes what they're destined to do. That's really how I would say is that's exactly right. Because if I began to go deeper into questions of, okay, tell me more about that. They, you could tell they've thought through the entire process or where they, why they're doing it what their plans are, how they're going to, why they want to, why they even started thinking that way, right? So I would look at, just by using that example, if there's something that this is how you've done it, or it's been unfolding in your life, that may be the actual thing that you're destined to do. Now, there's oftentimes a few reasons why people haven't achieved it yet. And um, it may boil down to a few things outside of income. One is when something comes naturally for someone, they take it for granted oftentimes when it comes naturally for someone, okay? And there's two main reasons I've identified that this is the case, a lack of self-value and or a lack of self-worth, okay? And so if that person had the value and the worth, they would internally set themselves up to propel that forward. However, since it just comes naturally, like they're you know, breathing, and it just comes, uh, they're gifted in that area, they often don't put as much value as somebody else would. A good example would be an artist, you know, or a writer, somebody you've seen, somebody's amazing artwork. And, and in your mind, you're looking at this and saying, this is brilliant. And the person is saying, oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's just something I did in 30 minutes. And, and to you and to most everybody else, it's brilliant work. 
But to them, because of that lack of self-value or lack of self-worth, they're, they're not valuing that, that um, natural gift in the context of someone else. So they might sell it for, you know, three or $400 when they could be selling it for three or $4,000 or more. And, and it just boils down to that piece. So I would say to look at the things that come naturally for you and nine times out of 10, that's the thing that you're designed to do or be in the world. And whether that is that you design, that you create a business or something around, or that you utilize that in, in some sort of business that you're working for, that's oftentimes the, um, your, your natural gift. Because it really does come naturally for you. Love that. So for a person who maybe needs a little bit of help and would like to work with you to get this uh, going for them, how can they get in contact with you? How can they work with you? Well, you can always um, go to my website, kennethlord.info, kennethlord, two, N, two E's and two N's, uh, kennethlord.info. Um, uh, you can you can email me at kennethlord at yahoo.com. Um, those are a couple of ways right now that uh, that are available, and uh, and just put put uh, that um, that you heard this on uh, Steve's podcast so that um, so that you know I know where you're coming from and I can put the VIP priority on it. Awesome, I appreciate that. Well, Kenneth, thanks so much for being here on the show with us today. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate you. You're doing great work. It's so important. You've got to know yourself, know who you are so that you can then share you with the world, but also so that you then have the ability to relate to others, especially those that are working for you, that are putting their heart and soul and core of what they are in the world. You can relate to you. You can relate to them. And as each of you maximizes who you are, each of you shows up in the world as the best version of yourself while it's called today and lives as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free, it's guaranteed, it's proven, we've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve, reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now, what are you waiting for? Grab a pen, here we go. All you gotta do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about learning, knowing, understanding the core of who you are, your voice, the you that is you, and then sharing that with the people inside of your company and then more so out into the world. And so, of course, as we talk about sharing that out into the world, we talked about you and then the people inside of your business. And now let's talk about the world as we talk about things like podcasting and other ways that you can powerfully Take that voice that you've learned and share it into the world and be a thriving entrepreneur. Let's do our last interview. Join me in welcoming Roger Nairn. Hey, Roger, how are you doing today? Fantastic, Steve. How are you? I am good, thanks. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Oh, so my name is Roger Nairn. I'm the co-founder and CEO of JAR Audio. Um, uh, JAR Audio is a podcast production agency that specializes in working with, uh, with brands. Um, how I show up in the world is as a father, a husband, and a, a kick-ass business operator. 
And so as a professional podcast, um, you know, overseer and all those kind of things, what are some of the kind of things you help people with? Yeah, so we help um, um, we help big big brands uh, get into the podcast space. So, you know, we'll we'll work with a a brand. Let's say it's Expedia on um, the strategy behind their podcast, trying to understand who the audience is that they're trying to reach. We then craft the concept behind the podcast, find the right host, find the right guests. You know, do everything from the scripting to obviously all the recording. There's a, a huge amount of editing and and fun back and forth with our clients that happens uh, that happens after that. We then distribute the podcast to the world or specific audiences. And then we have a full marketing team as well who make sure that it gets into as many of the right ears as possible and, and lays the groundwork for getting the show uh, shared as much as possible. Now, on the one hand, the advantage of a podcast over a radio show is, you know, podcasts can fluctuate. They can be five minutes, 15 minutes, an hour. It doesn't really matter. There's not a clock. Uh, versus a radio show where, you know, it needs to fill a certain time slot. Mm -hmm. Um, But especially when you're talking big companies, my biggest question that's the same between the two of them is how much difficulty do they have finding somebody who is recording and putting the content out on a regular basis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, it really depends on the type of show we're producing. So we always ask our clients, what sort of value are, are you going to deliver to your audience? And then if we need to deliver that on a weekly basis, bi-weekly, sometimes monthly basis, we plan from there. So the, mo- the most important thing is putting together a podcast team internally on, on the client end or, hi- you know, or hiring an agency like us to be able to, you know, research and find the right resources, you know, whether that's a host or whether that's the guests to put together great podcast episodes that deliver a ton of value to the, to the listener. Now, anybody that's followed podcasts for a while knows that some people are really consistent um, and others, you know, are here today, gone tomorrow, back the next day, you know, kind of a thing. Um, You mentioned weekly, bi-weekly or once a month, um, is there any magic number and how regular does a person need to be to have a podcast? You know what? There really isn't no regular number. Or there is no real magic number. W- what we will say though, is that there's magic in consistency. And, and that's really about respecting the listener and their expectations of the content. So if you're producing great content, your audience is going to want to see more of it. You know, imagine watching a, a really great sitcom on TV and in between episodes, instead of being, you know, seven days that go by, sometimes there's seven days, sometimes there's three weeks, maybe sometimes there's two days, like it's just a bit inconsistent. Podcasters or podcast audiences come to understand the cadence of your show. They come to rely on listening to your show on certain days for certain reasons. There's certain shows that I love to listen to when I'm, you know, by myself at the driving range hitting, you know, hitting golf balls versus, you know, getting ready for work in the morning as I'm brushing my teeth. And so, if you can just be consistent in your cadence and respect the the, the listener and their expectations, um, they they generally will reward you with uh, long listen links, a lot of really great organic share opportunities, and a growing audience. So, um, you know, you mentioned Netflix. So immediately, the thought I had is, can you do with a podcast like you do with? you know, the good Netflix shows where they just drop a whole entire season on you all at once. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're familiar with um, the serial podcast, uh, they did that very thing, you know, dropped, I think it was eight to 10 episodes. You could listen, you could binge listen, or you could, you know, drip listen over the course of a certain amount of uh, amount of time. Um, There's really, again, really no rules when it comes to podcasts. So it, it depends on what's of value to, to the listener. Um, if you're going to serialize it, it might, it might make sense to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, release episodes consecutively over a period of time, but, you know, or, or if you have sort of evergreen content, uh, you can just throw it all up, you know, throw it up all at once and, and know that the listener is going to access it, you know, it, you know, at their own pace or how, you know, or, or access certain episodes, depending on what they're looking for. 
Now you use the word evergreen. So for somebody who doesn't understand what you mean by that, give them a basic definition of that. Yeah. So, so, you know, imagine you've got a podcast that, um, you know, it, it involves a, a handful of different topics. Um, the topics aren't necessarily tied to a specific, you know, date or any specific sort of um, uh, uh, sequence of events, let's call it, um, you know, an evergreen topic could be on, uh, you know, how to grow, you know, how to, how to manage your cash flow in a small business um, that can be accessed at any time of, the, you know, any time of the year, it's going to have the same amount of relevance as if you um, access the podcast, you know, sort of one episode after the next and, and each of them is kind of tied together. So, so we always like to think of it like walking into a library. Are you going to listen to the, are you, are you going to, are you, are you going to pull, sorry, let me try that again. It's, you know, we always um, equate it to walking into a library. Is your podcast going to be an anthology that you want to read from beginning to end? You're going to want to read every single page of all 10 books, let's call it. Or is there evergreen opportunities where certain episodes are really going to appeal to certain, um, certain people and their needs? So when you walk into that library, are you going to pu pu pull one book off the shelf and read that specific book? And that specific book is only relevant to you and your needs, um, or are you going to read all of them? So anybody that has or is contemplating a podcast universally has for sure one question, and that's how do I make money with it? Yeah. Well, I think it really depends on, you know, when you say make money with it, is that referring to ad revenue? Uh, if that's the case, you're going to want to get as many, uh, you know, as large of an audience as possible because any advertiser is going to be looking for a large amount of the right people. Um, but then there's other ways of looking at it. You know, is your, is your podcast a lead generator um, that is going to grow your business by driving traffic to your website? Um, or is it, you know, perhaps uh, going to increase some sort of brand metric that you have? You know, one of our podcasts is with Expedia and they use it as an opportunity to showcase to the world how helpful they are as a brand. Now, they're ultimately going to make money off that, but it's not necessarily ad revenue per se. It's, it's sort of a long-term brand play with the podcast. So it's a nice piece of branded content that is feeding into the larger objective of uh, being seen as a more helpful brand. So is it better to look at your podcast as part of your overall marketing effort or part of your sales effort? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say that there's very few opportunities to um, use a podcast as your only marketing channel, let's call it. So we would always, you know, we would always say include your podcast amongst your other, you know, marketing channels. Um, and, and so it, again, it really depends on the scenario. It can be used as a, as a sales tool as well, though. So there's the higher in the funnel awareness opportunities, but then there could be a, a mid, mid to lower funnel opportunity to, um, further educate people on certain aspects of your business and help them, move to a conversion. Um, so it, it really, I, I love, I love my, my favorite word is, is, is depends because it's really on a case by case basis, dependent on the business. So uh, how big does a, comp a person's company need to be in order to be able to work with you? So typically we work with um, mid to large, mid to, you know, mid to large size organizations. Um, uh, it, it's really important that they have uh, a, an internal marketing team that is able to champion the podcast throughout the organization, be able to support it, you know, internally, you know, through their staff, which is always one of the great ways to tap into an early audience that can then disseminate the show for you. Um, so we look at those mid to, mid, mid to large size businesses that see the podcast as playing uh, a, a role in the larger marketing ecosystem. Gotcha. So for the people that are smaller businesses or just getting started that are listening, what is one thing they could do right now to begin to use podcasting effectively for themselves? You be super crystal clear on who your audience is and understand what do they need from you. Now, now, now that that could be that could be they need you to answer some questions for them. That could be they need you to educate them on a certain topic. That could be they need you to 
entertain them. They need to cry. They need to laugh. God knows we need, you know, we need, we need that more than ever these days. Really truly understand who your audience is and what sort of value you can deliver. And then buy a microphone, you know, hook, you know, hook into some easy audio editing software, find the right online host, you know, whether it's Simplecast or Omni or Megaphone, there's all sorts of options and just go from there, but really tap into what the audience needs and focus on the audience. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, we, you know, we call these branded podcasts, but they're really just great podcasts that happen to be brought to you by a brand and a great podcast is just going to deliver a ton of value. So if you can just keep, you know, pushing on the value button, you should be able to tap into the audience and grow. And for the people whose company is big enough to work with you, how do they get in contact with you? Yeah, best, best thing to do is go to jaraudio.com. So that's J-A-R audio.com. We've got a, a connect section there. So reach out, let us know what you have in mind. We'd be happy to, uh, to discuss it with you. Well, Roger, I really appreciate you spending some time with us here on the show today. Thanks so much, Steve. Thanks, everyone. Then you can really be able because now you know yourself, right? You know the heart and soul and core of you are. You've found your voice and that thing that you need to be able to share into the world. And then you begin expressing it. First, you express it to the people closest to you. Now, not necessarily everybody, because some people won't understand and get you, but I'm talking about the people in your company, the people that are oars in the water, pulling, rowing the ship right along with you to really share it with them, to relate who you are to them and really learn who they are, to maximize your voice, but then also maximize their voice in the world. And each of you really maximize while it's called today, which gives you as an individual, as well as the entirety of your company, the ability to take and with one voice, share this message, this brand, this amazing thing that makes your company so amazingly powerful, strong, wonderful, effective, impactful. You love all those adjectives I'm using because they're all so true, right? You can make the difference in the world. It starts by knowing you, by finding and sharing your voice, by sharing it with the people who are helping you make the difference that only you can make. And then by bringing it out to the world to have a brand that scales up and continues to make that difference and to have that clear message that makes a purpose and a point in the world. And if you'd like to know how to do that and you'd like some help on that, it just so happens I know a guy, his name's Steve Kidd, who really, really loves spending time helping people find their voice and up-level themselves to their next. And I would be so honored to work with you and to help you with that. Because what I know is, you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose, and the world needs you. We need exactly who you are to be exactly who you were meant to be, to shape and mold the world the way that only your presence in this world can and to, more than anything else, live as a thriving entrepreneur, making the impact, having it be an amazing day. I hope that just as you're making the world a better place, that you too find yourself happy, safe, warm and loved, and that until we're together again next time, you will have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-